So lately I have been a little pressed for topics. I'm just, I've just had a hard time thinking of sort of relevant topical things to uh, have conversations with you about on this podcast. But today I'm going to talk about something uh, that is relevant to many people and many people like hearing about and like talking about, and that is end of year lists. Uh, so it is today is October 1st, 2019. So we are officially into the fourth quarter of 2019. It's really hard to believe. And we're going to be in a, a new decade in a couple months. It's very bizarre stuff. I can't believe the entire 2010s has uh, almost completely come and gone. It's wild stuff to think about. But in any case, um, this year, 2019, for me, as far as video games go, has been a very much a catch-up year. Like, I'm really trying to make an effort to play a lot of the games that I've purchased, that I've neglected to play over the past few years. And I'm also just trying to sort of tick away at my bucket list. Like, I'm right now I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. Um, so, you know, it's it hasn't been a, a year when I've been really... Um, focused on newer games like I was say in 2016, 17, and 18. That was really my focus was newer games. Uh, today, 2019, eh, not so much. But there's still definitely some stuff that I've played and some stuff that I want to play. Um, but let me start off with the stuff that I probably won't play. So these are the games that um, I'm curious about, but realistically, I'm probably not going to make time to play them. So starting out, we have Oninaki. Um, Oninaki is a game by Tokyo RPG Factory. Um, I played I Am Setsuna and enjoyed it very much. So I've been really interested in keeping an eye on this studio, seeing what else they come up with. And Oninaki is the latest one. It looks really quite good. Uh, but it looks nothing like their previous games. I did mess around with the demo. I was, you know, kind of kind of take it or leave it about the demo. So I'm probably not going to be playing Oninaki. Not unless, not until like probably later on when it goes on sale or something. Then I might check it out. But right now, uh, there's just way too much other stuff in front of me. Okay, next up we have Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, the remake or the remastered edition. Um, so I tried to play Nino Kuni 2 earlier this year, and I got on, very far into the game. I got about 30 hours in, and then I just had to put it down because it was uh, really, I just found it to be not entertaining. So, um, But there were some things that I really liked about the game. I did like the art style. I mean, obviously, it's a game that comes from... Um, People from uh, Studio Ghibli were involved in making this game, so it, it feels and, play and looks a lot like, you know, a, um, a Hayao Miyazaki film, which is really cool. And that is the thing that I like about the first Nino Kuni. Um, wasn't really that into the story, wasn't that into the gameplay, but my what I hear is that Nino Kuni One is supposed to be a better game, so. I think that um, that's one that I would like to play, but again, I don't think that it's going to fall high enough on the priority list for that to actually happen. Okay, next up is Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is a game that I want very, very badly to play. It's like a card-based game. I've heard so many good things about it, 
that I just feel like it, I would be shorting myself not to play this and consider it for the top 10 this year. But I just, I mean, it's like a, you know, it's like more money to spend. And then I'm not, I mean, I've never really played one of these kind of card-based games before. So I just don't know how that's going to go. Um, and again, it's like just more money to spend. It's like a $25 game. It's 20 bucks right now on sale. And I've definitely thought about taking advantage of that sale. But I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make time for this one. Next up is SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. So I love the SteamWorld series. This is another card type game. So it, it's like a, you know, Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering type of vibe, I guess. But a lot more low-key, a lot more sort of focused in the one game and the one experience. Rather than having like all these decks that you've been building for years and all that kind of stuff. So this is another one like that I'm really interested in. It's the same price point as Slay the Spire. I want to play these two games very badly. I just don't think it's going to work out um, between now and... Um, January 1st. Um, next up is Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. Um, so I have the first Ukulele game. I've put a little bit of time into it. I think I actually bought it this year. So um, it's it's a bit of a fresh game for me. And it's not my favorite. But I will say that this Impossible Layer game looks better to me because it's like a it's a 2d game it does both the top down 2d stuff as well as the side scrolling and honestly it just looks like a a better more fun game than the 3d game so i'm interested in that eh, again probably not gonna probably not gonna make time for it little town hero is the um game freak the pokemon uh game company game freak they're making little town hero um, it looks pretty cool. I think it's like a 20 or $30 game, and it's supposed to be a short game. So, I mean, maybe if that one gets really good reviews, I'll check it out. But I'm not thinking that one's going to be... Um, not. I'm thinking I'm not going to make time for that one either. Next up, Luigi's Mansion. Another really tempting game. Um, I know it's probably going to do really well, get good reviews. I've personally never played a Luigi's Mansion game, at least not much anyway. So I don't know about this one. Um, I'm interested, but probably not that interested. Next up, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, I want to play that as well. I've never really played a Pokemon game, so this would sort of be my first Pokemon game. Um, assuming it's good, um, I would like to play it later in the year, but... Uh, You'll see why I'm having to turn all of these games down because of all the other games that I want to play that I either already own or just a little bit more interesting to me. Next up is Anodyne 2. So Anodyne 2 is a game that um, I really like Anodyne 1. I played through that game for the first time this year. It is definitely a top-down Zelda-like game. Anodyne 2 seems to take more inspiration from like uh, maybe Final Fantasy 7 visually or uh, maybe like Ocarina of Time just giving you a really a much darker version of, of one of those games uh, and it looks pretty fun pretty trippy pretty out there and I'm sure I would enjoy it I don't know if I'm gonna make time for that one unfortunately Children of Morta 
is a game uh, like a dungeon crawler-ish type of game, indie game. Looks really fun. Getting good reviews. Coming soon to the Switch. <laughs> Another one I want to play, but just getting overwhelmed. So I don't think that one's going to make it the cut either. Okay, so let me move on to the games that I am hoping to play. These are games that I either already own or games that I'm just really interested in and I'm probably going to purchase. Um, and so let's get into those. Excuse me, I'm having some uh, allergy issues right now or something. Okay, so first up is called Card of Darkness. Um, not a ton to say about this. I don't really know that much about it, but I do um, have access to it through Apple Arcade. So there's definitely some Apple Arcade games that I'm going to want to play. Card of Darkness is one of them. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's gotten really great reviews. Seems to have a cool art style. I have access to it. And it's a mobile game, so it'll probably be pretty quick to play through. I think I'm in on that one. Um, next up is Death Stranding. So I'm not positive that I'm going to play Death Stranding, but it seems like it's just such a huge cultural event that I'll probably end up playing it. I wonder if it's actually going to get good reviews or not. Who knows? Uh, we still don't even really know what this game is or how it's going to play or what the whole experience is really going to be like. But it's looking, it's shaping up to be like this huge cultural phenomenon. So, and, and you know, it, it looks like a very weird game, like a big AAA, extremely weird art game, um, which you don't really see that often. So that's kind of an interesting angle to me. So... Uh, Death Stranding, I, I could see myself playing for sure. Um, next up is Outer Wilds. So um, Outer Wilds is going to be uh, a game that is it's on it's exclusive to the Epic Game Store, published by Annapurna Interactive, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite publishers. I don't think it's a studio. I think it's a publisher. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Anyway, when I see that name, Annapurna, on a game, I want to play it because they've put out really great stuff before. Outer Wilds uh, appears to be a very, not point and click, but kind of a, a, a long or a, um, a puzzle game that is sounds very, very interesting. Basically, you have about 20 minutes uh, before the world or the universe ends or something, and you have to go around, and then the cycle repeats. You go around to another planet, the cycle repeats, you go around to another planet, and you basically try to put all these clues together. It sounds like a really fascinating game, and I already own it, so that's one I'm going to have to prioritize. Um, next up is Untitled Goose Game. Now, the funny thing about this is there's actually a lot of games that I just mentioned that I'm not going to be playing uh, that... I want to play a lot more than Untitled Goose Game, but I bought into the hype because I'm a little bitch like that. And Untitled Goose Game is one that's in my library now. I've played through the first level. I didn't really enjoy it that much, but I would say um, it seems like a pretty easy game to play through. So I'm sure that'll probably happen between now and January. Okay, next up is Mutazione. This is another Apple Arcade um, game. It is by an Italian studio, I believe. And it seems very much like an, a... Um, it seems like it's going to be kind of a graphic novel type of game. But 
I've seen some reviews and it seems like there is some actual real gameplay later on and you have to plant and sort of tend to these gardens and stuff. So, uh, but it is a game that basically it's, it's kind of a surrealist game. You're a girl who goes, um, out to help her dying grandfather, uh, and care for him. And then he lives, he just happens to live in like a world of mutants. So you befriend a lot of the mutants and you also plant a garden bizarre concept for a game for sure but um i played a few minutes of it and honestly i'm really really drawn to the art style and to the story so far so i think i'm gonna do that one that is another apple arcade game um, next up sekiro shadows die twice um i mean i i own this game and i played it for a while and kind of put it down but i i really should uh i really should go forward with that one because I'm really digging it, and I'm not positive I'm going to play it, but it's one that I would really like to play. Um, somehow I skipped over Control, but Control is a game that I do, I do not own yet. One of the few on this list that I do not own or have access to. But Control just looks like a great game, and to be very honest, I think that game is going to look really good on my new graphics card. So... I need to do a, a podcast episode about my new graphics card on my PC because um, this is the first time in my life that I've ever had a certifiably good gaming PC. First time ever. I've had some eh, okay middle-of-the-road ones in the past. Uh, up until when I got this graphics card, this PC that I'm on right now was very much a middle-of-the-road. But now, I'm finally... I'm finally in it with like the big dogs or whatever. So I'm, I think that control is going to be a game that just looks fascinating on this, uh, on this setup. So I, I, am really excited about that. It kind of is an eye candy looking game. Also kind of like, um, death stranding. It appears to be like a very weird, surrealist, supernatural kind of game. Um, sort of an art piece, I guess. So I'm in on that. Okay, next up is Inmost. Inmost is a game that should be coming this year to PC and Switch. It looks like a relatively simple, but very, very cool and atmospheric kind of 2D pixel art um, puzzle game. So I'm really hoping that that one uh, drops because I'm, it, I find the art style and everything really irresistible. I would buy that and play it before the end of the year if it actually comes out. Next up is Sky Children of the Light. This is a game designed by the creators of Journey, and I can't remember the one in the ocean, and I think Flower is another one. So these games, I don't personally enjoy. However, Sky Children of the Night seems to be a little bit different than those and have a little more going on. So I could see myself really getting into Sky Children of the Light. I've played through a little bit. I really dig how... It kind of pairs you up with people multiplayer style. It's pretty interesting and probably just a nice relaxing experience to go through. So um, that is one that is not on Apple Arcade, but it's like a it's like a mobile game. So I will try to make my way through Sky Children of the Light. Next up is a symbol. This is an Apple Arcade game. I've put a few minutes into it the other day. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a game where you just basically repair items, different, um, 
you're either gluing something together or it's electronics that you're switch swapping out parts. And it's just a very fun and cute game. And some of the puzzles are actually a little more tricky than you might uh, expect at first. So it's like a, it's like a sneaky uh, game that actually has some challenge that I wasn't really expecting that. So pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be playing through that because I have Apple Arcade and I already like it and I'm already playing it. So next up, Hypnospace Outlaw. This is a game that I just found out about through, um, itch. This game looks absolutely, or excuse me, this is a game that I just found out about through Rock Paper Shotgun and it looks like an absolutely insane kind of point and click, weird 1999 on the web, crazy, strange, um, internet worship, like early internet worship kind of game. So, Hypnospace Outlaw, bizarre creation, and <laughs> I'm definitely going to be playing that one. Um, next up, let's talk QT. QT is another game that I found out about from uh, Rock Paper Shotgun, and it's free. So it's on itch.io, uh, the, the launcher, the indie launcher. And I think that it looks kind of hilarious. It looks like kind of a spooky suspense game. And then it sort of turns into just like a really colorful, funny slapstick um, thing with weird drawings. Uh, it, it looks pretty fun, really very colorful. Um, and it's free. I'm sure it'll be quick to play through. So I'll make it through that one. Um, next up, Wilmot's Warehouse. So Wilmot's Warehouse, I have not played yet. Uh, but I think that I've decided to buy it probably on the Nintendo Switch. Um, really simple puzzle game, or really simple looking puzzle game, but apparently has a sneaky amount of depth to it. So sounds like it's up my alley, and I really want a kind of more low-key puzzle game to have on the Switch. Okay, um... Otherwise, as far as games that I hope to play, I would say I'm going to be keeping an eye on Apple Arcade because, you know, for those of us who have this, have access to it, like, why not? You know, it's, it is, um, a game that looks quite good or excuse me, it is a service that is going to provide some, some good games here and there. A lot, a lot of it's filler uh, to be honest, but overall I'm, I'm digging the concept and the price point of $5 a month. I personally feel like you can't argue with that. That's a really good value for as many games as you get. And even if you're a little bit interested in like mobile indie games that don't have microtransactions, um, this should be up your alley. Okay. So now let me get into the 10 games that I've actually played and I'm going to give you guys the benefit, you guys get the privilege of being with me as I assemble this list, um, entry by entry. Okay, so first of all, first up, I've got A Short Hike. A Short Hike is a game that's on PC right now. Um, it seems to recall a lot of Animal Crossing vibes, but it's also kind of more of an, an adventure game. Um, it's really good. It is only about an hour or two hours long, which I have no problem with. Um, I actually did a little review of a short hike 
So go check that out on a previous episode. But anyway, yeah, this game um, has kind of stuck with me. I'll probably, I'm, I may play it or have another playthrough before the end of the year just to see how much I really like it. Uh, but A Short Hike is on the list. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make it my number one, but we're just getting started, so things are going to move around. Uh, next up is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I love this game. Um, it is not perfect. It's a bit buggy, especially on the Nintendo Switch. I played it on the PS4 Pro. I thought it performed pretty well. Just a couple of frame drops here and there, but nothing big. Um, so generally, it was okay on the PS4 Pro. And I, you know, it was about a 30-hour game, not overly long, um, nothing crazy. But in terms of like Metroidvania, in terms of that Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night worship, um, which is uh, the, uh, what's Iga, uh, the guy who designed that game, also designed this game, Bloodstained. So it this is basically just Castlevania um that has kept going. Like it's not in, it doesn't have the Castlevania name, but it is a Castlevania game because it's got the guy that designed those, all those really good Castlevania games. Okay. So Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, that is going above a short hike. That is currently my number one. All right. So next up is Tetris 99. And, um, this is a weird entry. I don't, I don't really know quite what to say about this one other than it's kind of taken over my life. Um, and I've put many, many, many hours into Tetris 99. I'm loving a lot of the DLC. I'm loving a lot of the extra content they're packing in there. Um, this game is amazing. I still haven't gotten my number one. I've gotten number two so many times, but I've not quite gotten my number one yet. Um, in any case... Yeah, this one's shooting to the top spot because it is that good and that crazy. Okay, next up, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Okay, um, this is good. I enjoy it. I've loved Link's, Link's Awakening back in the day. I played through this game last weekend. It was fine. Um, wait, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. It, it was fine. It's great. It looks great. It's got some frame rate issues. Um, I would say I am putting this under Bloodstained. So it is, it's up there, but not too high. Uh, next up is Super Mario Maker 2. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and have to make Super Mario Maker 2 my number one game of the year because I've just gotten that much enjoyment out of it. Um, Mario Maker 2, I never got a chance to play the first Mario Maker really because I got a Wii U really late in the game. And I never picked it up. Uh, but when you combine, or when you look at like the story mode, and how full and, and fun that was to play through, um, I 100% of the story mode. I found that to be very fulfilling. And then lately, I've just been playing a lot of the user-made content uh, that is like the you know, you go into the course world section and then you can go to the popular section. And basically you just get all the highest rated levels are going to be up top and you have different, you know, metrics you can search with. But basically if you just go to that section, you're going to find some in insanely good levels. Many of them are very experimental. Many of them are just like auto runner levels. Many of them, you don't even have to move Mario at all. And this entire machine 
will just bounce Mario around a crazy number of times and then eventually get you to the end of the level. Very crazy stuff um, with Mario Maker 2. And really, it's just, I haven't even begun to create my own levels. And I do, I'm just not sure I ever will because I'm just having so much fun with the user-made content. And again, like I said, the single-player mode, which is all like Nintendo-created content, is like fantastic. So Super Mario Maker 2 is my number one game uh, of the year. But I'm going to keep going. Let's fill out the rest of the list. Next up is Forager. Um, Forager is a game that caught me by surprise. Um, I was really skeptical of it when I first booted it up and started playing it, but it quickly started to reveal itself to me. And it ends up being one of the coolest kind of, I guess it's kind of a roguelike. It's kind of a, a simulation game. It's like a combination of so many different things. But it's, it's a, and it's definitely got a Stardew Valley vibe. But the thing is, you, you harvest uh, your, you harvest your items, I guess, uh, your ore, your plants, your food, whatever you, you've got going, you harvest it all incredibly quickly. So the game just moves like insanely fast. It's almost like speed simulation type of game. Um, but it's, it's so fun, so rewarding. Um, I need to pick it back up because I haven't really been giving it a lot of love lately. Um, so Forager is one that is going to be on the list. I'm going to put this one... Mm, do I put this above Link's Awakening? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm actually going to put this below a short hike. It's just... It, it's, a, it's a great game. It's just not one of my favorites of the year. Okay, next up is Baba Is You. Now, this is an insanely insane puzzle game with super simplistic graphics. It is about as indie as you can get in a game. Um, but the puzzle, the puzzling is so just, it's just on another level of just genius. Like, I can't, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this game for its innovation um, and just it's the, the unique way it does puzzles, uh, the way that you're kind of building logic statements and building like code almost out of the, uh, the words that are on the screen. You move them around, but it's also like a top-down game because you've got a character you're moving all this stuff around with, and you're trying to form these logic statements to beat the level. And wow, that is a very, very good game. Uh, to be honest, I haven't gone extremely far in uh, Baba Is You. I mean, I've gone, I've probably done like, I would say like 40, 50 levels, something like that. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in there, but I'm sure it goes on and on and on. I'm sure there's like hundreds of levels. So I probably have not gotten very far in the game, but I will say that even though that's the case, I've still put a ton of hours into it. This is a game that I can easily put near the top. I am going to put Baba is you under Tetris. Well, well, I'm gonna put Baba is you actually ahead of Tetris 99. Um, so Baba is you is sitting pretty at number two right now. Okay, next up, Cadence of Hyrule, uh, a game that I was very very skeptical of. I 
gave my concerns about this game uh, when it was first announced. I was like, why would you do this? Why would you make Zelda a rhythm game? Who asked for this? Uh, this is not a marriage that's going to work well, I don't think. And I was wrong. It's an amazing game. I love Cadence of Hyrule. I can, I can pretty easily say that I like Cadence of Hyrule more than Link's Awakening, which is kind of crazy, right? Uh, but Cadence of Hyrule is just, it's just got a very, I mean, it's not unique because it's just literally blending Zelda with Crypt of the Necrodancer. And it's just like the right amount of difficulty. It could actually be harder, um, but it's, it's just the right amount of everything. Like, it's not it, it this there's no reason that Cadence of Hyrule should be like a long game. Like it is the appropriate length. It's about a five hour game. So it is not a super short game, but nobody, you know, you don't want to play a rhythm game that goes on for like, you know, 30 hours. It's just no, it's just not appetizing. So five hours, it's kind of in that sweet spot. So Cadence of Hyrule, really, really good. Um, I am going to put it. <sighs> I'm going to put it right below Bloodstained and right above Link's Awakening. Okay, next up is Sagebrush. Sagebrush, um, the story of Sagebrush blew me away. I was like, holy cow, like this, this game is basically, basically Sagebrush is a game where you are investigating a cult site from... Uh, years past and you are going around this this site and you're like trying to piece it all together or something and, and discover clues uh, and get peace with or with whatever is, is, has happened so it's very uh, reminiscent of something like uh, like the the music in the game and sort of the visuals remind me of a lot of like boards of Canada, the music, as well as the sort of music videos and the, the visuals that they present. Um, boards of Canada is like a, a electronic music duo from Scotland. They have a really good, creepy, eerie analog sound, very kind of 70s inspired sound, 70s like film score, I guess, inspired sound. Um, and Sagebrush kind of embodies that creepiness and some of the sort of like landscape type of look that you could get from like a, a Boards of Canada um, music video or album art or something like that. It's a very it's a very defined aesthetic that you get with this game, uh, and it definitely, like I said, reminds me of Boards of Canada. But the gameplay itself is just kind of a simple uh, walking simulator adventure game where you're going around, you're finding clues, you're reading notes. But the thing is, even though you're just going around reading notes and and doing kind of a lot of the same tropes that you're going to do in a lot of these walking simulator adventure type games, point and click type games, is the story is just so, it just pulls you right in. It is one of the best stories I think I can ever remember in a game. Um, so Sagebrush is um, a game, again, like probably just a few hours of an experience, not a long game, 
but it's definitely up there. I'm gonna put sagebrush. Ah, man, it's getting tough. It's getting tough. I think I'm gonna have to put sagebrush. Oh. Uh, I'll put it. I'll put it after Link's Awakening, before Cadence of Hyrule. Weird times we live in, man. I'm putting a weird, obtuse indie game above Link's Awakening. What is happening in the world? Okay, so now I have my full ten entries. I will read them out to you, but I'm now. Uh, I've actually only got nine entries. I'm going to add the last one, which is Wargroove. Wargroove is a game that I have played. Not a whole ton of it, but enough to get a good sense. And it's a game that I like. I'll probably, hopefully, come back to at some point. But it's going to be up there at, at the bottom. So I'm just going to put it at number 10. So, okay, I've got number one. Well, let's start from the bottom. Okay, number 10, Wargroove. Number nine, Forager. Number eight, A Short Hike for PC. Uh, number seven, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Number six, Sagebrush for PC and Switch and some other stuff. Um, number five, Cadence of Hyrule. Number four, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Number three, Tetris 99 for a Nintendo Switch. Number two, Baba is You. Number one, Super Mario Maker 2 for the Nintendo Switch. So... There you have it, folks. Those are my, so far, third quarter of, or excuse me, beginning in the fourth quarter of 2019. Those are my almost all the way through the year top 10 uh, things. And I, I suspect that I'm going to be playing catch up like a lot of people are over the next couple months. So the ones that I mentioned I'm going to be playing, I will be playing those and trying to see what else is going to maybe sneak on the list. If I had to guess what could get on the list, I would say uh, Sekiro is probably a very good, uh, has a good op uh, opportunity to get in there, as does the Outer Wilds. Wilmot's Warehouse seems like it's up my alley. So those are probably the, the, in, the in the running to get in there. But I'm sure there will be some games that surprise me and all that kind of stuff. So in any case, guys... Thank you for listening. We've been doing this for, what's the time like? What's it like? We've been doing this for 35 minutes. Pretty cool. All right, so hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at Road Noise Gaming on Twitter. Um, it would be really cool to hear from some of you guys who managed to find the podcast. So anyway, that is it for this one, guys. Keep it locked here. Peace.